Well, you can take your Bible, if you have a Bible with you tonight, and go with me to the Gospel of John and John chapter 1. We were here this morning, and I just kind of want to springboard off of something we saw this morning. Uh, it's nice to be able to go a little bit deeper with something when we can, and, and uh, I think I said it last Sunday, I often have far more uh, from a passage than I can ever bring in a, in a Sunday morning sermon or even a series of sermons. It's one of the things that uh, makes uh, rich about uh, reading through and preaching through a book of the Bible verse by verse is there's so much truth, so much to be encouraged by, and um, so much wisdom be found to apply to our lives from God's Word. And I'm thankful for it, thankful for God's Word. There's so much. Uh, so I come back uh, tonight to kind of point at something that we saw briefly this morning and, uh, and give you a, a few extended thoughts on it. Usually, and we noted this uh, near the end of the message this morning, usually when someone is called by a new name, it's because of something they've done or, uh, or something that they are. Maybe you gained a nickname when you were in school or something like that. Or uh, when, when our kids were all at home, I used to laugh because uh, we, we homeschooled our kids. And so they didn't have to go to school and get bullied like I, I was. Uh, so Carolyn bullied the kids. Um, she would call them, she's laughing, it's true. She, she, you know, I always thought, well, somebody's got to do it. You know, they're not in school to be bullied. So somebody's, she would pick funny names for them. I wish I could remember some right off the top of my head. You, you could probably tell me some, but um, my word. Some of the names that Carolyn would call our kids when they were little, they were not, not mean, but sometimes I kind of thought they were right, right on the verge of being mean. Uh, but, but she was their mother. She brought them into the world and she could take them out, right? So... Uh, but yeah, did you ever get a nickname in school? Uh, maybe you were, uh, you know, some, my, my older brother, I, I don't know if I, my older brother went to a school near Dayton when, when I was a little kid. I was in grade school. He was in junior high. And the, the, high, the, the middle school, or the junior high, it was junior high. It was called Morton Junior High School. And when he got his uh, picture taken, he, he had a T-shirt on that said Morton. And I think intense, I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, but he kind of rolled the shirt so the T disappeared in his school picture from Morton. Um, so it said moron on his shirt when he got his school picture taken. And I'm not sure if that was, I kind of wonder if that was intentional. He was quite the prankster uh, growing up, was always getting in trouble for things like that. Uh, but he had a nickname when he was in high school because he, he loved... He still loves the Lord. He's a pastor in Jackson, Michigan, and has been pastoring for many, many years. Uh, but he loves the Lord. And in high school, he actually started preaching when he was in high school. And he would carry his Bible to school, and the kids at school would call him, can you guess? Bible thumper. Bible thumper. Because he would witness to his, co- you know, the, his fellow students. He would witness to them and uh, share the the truth of the word with him. So they would, they nicknamed him Bible Thumper. Uh, you often think of um, well-known athletes. You could probably name some who have these titles that when you hear it, sometimes it's just a first name or it's a title. That they get. I'm not going to talk about them, but, but often we think of a name that somebody gets because they're, no, they're, they're uh, I don't know if they're no, notorious or popular, um, because of their skill level of something that they do in sports. Uh, you could name a bunch of professional athletes that have these kinds of uh, names ascribed to them because of something they've done or something they've become. 
but that's not what happened with Peter. I pointed to it this morning, Simon Peter. For Simon Peter, it was different. He didn't get a name for something that he, that he had done or something that he had become. And we saw it briefly in the text this morning. When Jesus looked at Simon and saw what he would make of him as Simon followed him, as Simon followed Christ and began to grow in his love for the Lord and his obedience to God. Jesus looked at Simon and saw what he would make of him. And so he gave him a name. You shall be called, verse 42, Jesus looked at Simon and saw what he would make of him and said, you shall be called Cephas. Go to verse 40 with me, would you? In John chapter 1, verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon's, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas. And John, the apostle, translates for us and tells us, uh, which means Peter, Peter. Note that Jesus says, you shall be called. You, you shall be called. Jesus was going to make something of Simon. But this was not about an instant change of character. It wasn't like magic. He was going to be instantly different. It wasn't that at all. He wasn't called Peter yet, but he would be called Peter. And Jesus knew what he would make of Simon. This was what God, by his grace, would give to Simon as Simon walked with Christ. And I mean spiritually walked with Christ. This was what God, by his grace, would give to Simon. God would change him and make him a new man. He would become Cephas, or Peter, which also means rock. I think about that, and I think about how gracious God is with us when he looks at our lives before we, can't, we come to him in faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he promises he's going to make us new. And he's going to change us as we walk with him. We can see that in Peter's life. So there's hope for every one of us whose hope is in Christ. Uh, you may not be what you think you want to be yet. You may not feel like you've arrived yet at full maturity. And I would be surprised if any believer in this room would say, I feel like I've arrived at full maturity. And if you said that, I would be concerned. Um, right? Because we, we still have room to grow spiritually. But for a few moments tonight, let's think about the significance of the name change that Jesus gave Simon. And while we think about this, I want you to remember that the point of the name change was not what Simon would become for his own accomplishments sake, not for him to gain notoriety or to gain a name for himself by what he would do. It wasn't so that Simon would get glory what he would become was so that Jesus would get glory, so that God would be glorified. And we were first introduced to Simon when we learned that his brother Andrew, Andrew's not content with merely telling him about the Messiah that they've found, the Christ, the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist had declared when he said, 
behold the Lamb of God, and then the two disciples followed him, two of John's disciples followed Jesus, Simon being one of them. Andrew, Andrew wanted to actually take Peter to Jesus. He wanted to go get his brother. It wasn't Peter yet. He wanted to go get Simon and take him to Jesus because he wanted him to see him for himself. Andrew is a good example of the way God wants to use each of us, I think. You think about that. You think about taking someone to Jesus. It's not merely, it's not only about telling them about Jesus. It's find a witness to a total stranger and to ask someone if they know Jesus and to point them to Christ. But it's so much more powerful when you know someone personally to take them to Jesus yourself and point the way as Simon's brother did. If you're a believer in Jesus and you're growing in your love for Jesus, you're, you're going to want to take people to your Savior and make him known to them. In fact, God has made us all different, I think, for this purpose. Everybody in this room is different, though we have a lot of things in common we probably have a lot of things about us that are different. And I think that's by God's design because God has us all involved with different people in our lives, different people that each one of us can bring to Jesus in a different way. And I'm thankful for that. Those gifts, those diversity of gifts that God gives the church is by his design. And we ought to welcome that and embrace that and thank the Lord for it. And uh, we're not trying to all be the same here other than we all want to walk with Christ, I trust, and we all want to grow in Christ's likeness. That ought to be the sameness that we share. But God has made us all different, given us different gifts and skills and abilities to use for his glory as we point people to Jesus. So as you grow in your knowledge of God and grow in your love for Jesus, you, you won't be content by simply telling people about Jesus in your own way, so to speak, but, but you'll want to show people the way and take them to your Savior and let them know about him yourself. We also see what happened when Peter arrived to meet Jesus. Jesus took one earnest, knowing look at Simon and looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. This was Jesus. Think about it. This was God in human flesh who was able to know the thoughts of the people around him And Jesus looked, he knew the heart of people around him, he knew people's motives, he looked at Simon and saw not just Simon the man as he was, but he saw saw Peter, Cephas, the man that the Jesus follower would become as he followed the Savior, followed Jesus, what Jesus would make of him. So Jesus calls him Cephas. Um, that's Aramaic. It's an Aramaic word for the word rock, uh, which John translated for his Gentile readers as Peter in the Greek. And this is what God would make of him. This is, this is God going to work in his life as he trusted him, as he grew in the Lord. He would become a spiritual rock. Uh, but he was not that yet. And it would take some time for him to get there. That, that to me is another uh, word of encouragement to us. I can't tell you how many times in my life I look and I still do this and look and say, I should be further along than I am now spiritually. But God is patient. He was patient with Simon. This is not what Simon would become in his own strength or even in his own wisdom. It's not what he would become quickly or overnight. And that's, uh, that's how God looks at us. You ought to be encouraged by that. He sees what he will make of us as we follow Jesus. 
I wonder if you're encouraged by that thought. I am. You know, as we feed on the Word, as we trust in God, as we ask Him to deepen our faith in Him, deepen our trust in Him, and look for the wisdom, look to the wisdom of God's Word, and as we submit our lives to being controlled by the Spirit of God, God God sees what we're going to become for His glory. And that points us to how Peter would think of this, this new name. I want you to think about that for a moment. How would Peter think of this new name? Uh, from Peter's perspective, his name wasn't only telling him what God would make of him, but it would, it would challenge him at times. It would challenge him to pursue becoming that follower of Jesus. Did you ever have a parent kind of challenge you to live up to your name? Live up to your family name. You look, you honor your family. Give, uh, give respect and honor to those who have gone before you and have made your family what it is and, and honor your name. Well, there's nothing greater than honoring the name of our Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and honoring God with our lives. And, and, and uh, I think sometimes the new name for, for uh, Simon, who would be Peter, uh, it was something for him to look up to and aspire to become. When you look back over Peter's life, you'll, you'll realize that God, God was not in a hurry with him. God was patient with him. And that God was exceedingly patient with him. He didn't always get it right, did he? It's probably a good reminder for us when we get frustrated with ourselves and wish we were further along in our walk as believers in Jesus, that God is patient. It doesn't give us permission to, to slack off, but it ought to encourage you that God doesn't expect you to be perfect overnight. That God is patient. He was patient with Peter, and we see that. And he, sometimes I think we get frustrated. We live in this instant kind of culture where, where we want things right now. Um, in fact, uh, the other day, um, we, went through a, we went to a, a, a fast food restaurant to get, to get a meal, and I was thinking, do I order it? through the drive-thru or do I go inside because it was open inside I could go in and order I said I think I'll go I think it'll be faster because look at the long crazy line at the drive-thru I'll go inside guess what there were a half dozen people in there just like me thinking it would be faster inside it wasn't Um, and you know as we wait for people to fix food for us we're impatient we don't even have to do the work all we have to do all we have to do is wait and that's that kind of world that we live in and I think Christians can get sucked into that with their spirituality thinking I should, uh, or, or maybe pointing at someone else, they should be further along than they are now. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, sometimes I think of that, and I'm uh, humbled by reminders that I have gotten from people over the years that uh, well, it's good to be patient with other people because God is patient with you. And we see that in Peter's life. God is patient with us. I am thankful for that. Are you thankful for that? That God is patient. He's not in a hurry. Yes, He does want us to obey Him. Yes, He wants us to grow every day. He wants us to be obedient every day. But He doesn't expect absolute perfection overnight. And He is, uh, he is pleased when we walk in obedience to Him and seek to make progress. It would take uh, Simon time. It would take time. But Jesus would transform Simon's character to match his new name. We can see it when we read the book of Acts. If you just read through the book of Acts, you'll come across many accounts there in Peter's ministry where he is a powerful testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. God would use him greatly, mightily, 
He would become an important part of helping lay the foundation for the early church. But when Jesus gave him another name, he wasn't there yet. In fact, John 1 shows us that Jesus didn't merely give him a new name to replace the old one. I think it's pretty interesting that he kept using, that there are times we see in the scriptures his old name is still used. He didn't just replace the old name. John 1 shows us that he didn't just give him a new name and replace the old one and he stopped using Simon. Jesus says, you shall be called Cephas or you, you will be called Cephas. After this, Peter was sometimes called Simon still. Sometimes Peter and sometimes Simon Peter. So Peter would be called Simon or Simon Peter or Peter. And sort of uh, Peter, Peter was sort of the nickname in Greek. Again, it means rock, Cephas, that Aramaic equivalent. In John 1, in verse 42, this was apparently the first words Jesus ever said to Peter. He'd become Peter. From then on, uh, Peter, or Rock, was his nickname. But sometimes Jesus called him, still called him Simon. And I think that's interesting. When we see that in the scriptures, uh, you ought to take note of that and, and look at what's going on. In the scriptures, you notice uh, these, these differences, these changes, and how these names are used. And I think it's interesting in in the Simon Peter's case, when we see that in Scripture, it's often a pointer to the fact that Peter has done something that needed correcting, changing. That's like uh, kind of when your mother called you by your first and your middle name. Um, when you got that, when I got Kevin Allen, I knew I was in trouble. And in fact, for years after I had become an adult, uh, we, for, we were in a church in southern Ohio for a few years where there were two boys, sons, uh, just separated by, you know, a few months from each other, maybe 16 or 18 months of each other, their names, Kevin and Alan. And when their mom would yell at them at church, like, to get their attention to come to her, I thought I was in trouble. Because she would yell, Kevin, Alan, and I was like, what? What did I do? It's like, oh, wait, your boys, okay. Did your mom do that? That's kind of the way it was for Simon when Jesus would use that, that old name, Simon. Reminds us of that, uh, that uh, the nickname Peter wasn't for something he'd done, uh, but it was for something he'd become, he would become. So this was significant, and Jesus had a reason for choosing it. And when we read about Simon, we learn that his tendencies were, he was kind of all over the board. Sometimes he was brash. Sometimes he was indecisive. Sometimes he was impetuous. He'd make a quick decision. Sometimes he could make a big promise and then, and then he wouldn't follow through. And sometimes Simon would just boldly jump into something, but then he'd just as quickly change his mind. And, and uh, he could be a man like the one that we hear of in James 1, where, where it calls a, a man a double-minded man who is unstable in all his ways. Uh, he could be that uh, could be that person. He could be the first person to start and the first person to quit. Cephas, Peter, Rock. That's what the Lord wanted Simon to mature into, to be. And sometimes I think that's why the Bible calls believers saints. Because if you're a believer in Jesus, that's what you are positionally in Christ. But it's not always how you behave, is it? We don't always behave like saints, do we? I think the Bible calls us that to, to kind of remind us that like, uh, like Jesus would with, 
with Peter, what he would call him Simon. Uh, we hear saint, and we think, wait, I'm supposed to be a saint, and I'm not, I'm not behaving like one right now. Well, that, that's what God wants us to mature into. He wants us to mature into that kind of uh, spiritual growth, that spiritual maturity. Uh, although in Christ, because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, we are saints. It's, it's done. If your faith is in Christ, you are a saint. But you need that reminder from time to time, from, from the Word, from the Holy Spirit, to live up to that title, don't you? As I do. Uh, because sometimes we're just not behaving like it. Uh, so Jesus, He gave Simon this new name. And from then on, whenever Jesus called him, uh, kind of set the, set a, sent him a subtle message. Uh, if He called him Simon... He was reminding him that he was acting like him, like his old self, like the old, like the old man, like the old Simon. He was reminding him that he was behaving in an immature way spiritually. If he called him Peter, I think it's incur- uh, interesting. If he called him Peter, he was encouraging him for acting the way that he that he ought to have been acting. And so Jesus could encourage him or challenge him, depending on what name he used. Simon needed needed to be like a rock. He needed to grow spiritually to become like a rock. So Jesus called him Cephas or Peter or rock from then on. And what Jesus called him would, uh, would either gently correct him or, or even encourage him uh, just by using one or the other name. Uh, sometimes Peter would show how, um, how he had grown in his maturity. He would reflect it would it would show in his character in his behavior that he had matured in his faith but then there were other times when peter is called simon and that's often when he's not living by that level of maturity that he had come to at one point you ever feel like that that you think i've i felt like i'd come a lot further than this and yet i'm behaving uh, immaturely in my faith Uh, and you cry out to god and and ask him to help you and that's appropriate Uh, it's a good reminder to ask the lord for help to grow in your faith, grow in your spiritual maturity. Whenever Peter starts acting like his old self, Jesus, and even the other gospel writers call him Simon. For example, Luke chapter 5 and verse 5, Luke writes this, And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. He's acting immaturely here. He's kind of arguing, wait, you know, you're telling me to cast the net again, and We haven't caught anything all night, and yet Luke calls him Simon, uh, and Simon answered. That's Simon the fisherman speaking, Uh, Simon in the flesh speaking. He's skeptical, he's reluctant, Uh, but as he obeys, as Simon obeys, and his eyes are open to who Jesus really is, Luke begins to refer to him by his new name just a few verses later. Luke chapter 5 and verse 8 Listen to this. But when Simon Peter saw it, I think it's interesting. Earlier he, he said Simon. Simon kind of argued with Jesus. Later, just a, just a moment later. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. How humbled he was in that instant when he realized that he had argued with his Lord. And uh, that's a powerful reminder to us that God knows better than we do. God knows better. And we ought to be humbled when we are 
behaving immaturely and um, yield ourselves once again to the Lord and to his word. There are also times when Jesus calls, calls him Simon, when um, he's failed in his ministry. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, foretelling Peter's betrayal, Jesus says in uh, Luke twenty-two thirty-one, 31, Simon, Simon. Not Simon Peter, not Peter. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. Beware, Simon. Beware. You're behaving like an unbeliever. You're behaving immaturely. Later in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Peter should have been watching and praying with Jesus, he fell asleep. And so Mark writes in Mark chapter 14, listen to verses 37 and 38, Mark 14, 37. And he, that's Jesus, he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, here's what Jesus says, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So usually, when Peter needed to be admonished or corrected, Jesus called him Simon. Uh, I, in my studies this week, I it was interesting. John MacArthur writes that, that it must have reached the point where whenever the Lord said, Simon, Peter cringed. He must have been thinking, please call me rock. And the Lord might have replied, I'll call you rock when you act like a rock, <laughs> when you behave like a spiritual rock. Now, Peter, rock is what Jesus wants Simon to become, a saint. Now, that's what we are positionally in Christ, but it's what Jesus wants us to become as we walk with him by faith. So how does Peter grade himself? And I wonder, how would you grade yourself? Uh, think about how Peter grades himself. It's interesting that Peter calls himself Simon Peter. He doesn't call himself Peter. He calls himself Simon Peter, 2 Peter 1, 1. We heard this when we studied in 2 Peter not too long ago, the first verse of 2 Peter. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. He doesn't call himself Peter, even in his own eyes. I haven't arrived yet. I'm not fully there yet. I'm a servant. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, Simon Peter. He calls himself Simon Peter. He knows his own struggle to live up to his new name. You ever feel that yourself? The struggle to live up to what you are positionally in Christ because you are made new. You are Christ's child through faith in Christ. You ever feel that? When the Spirit of God convicts you with a word that you've read or the word that you've heard proclaimed and you realize that you're not living up to your new name in Christ as a saint or as a Jesus follower, a follower of Christ. We've got to be following Jesus. We've got to be following him to live up to who we already are in Christ. Now we see that same struggle in Peter and it gives me hope. It gives me hope for myself. It gives me hope for us all when we see that same struggle going on in Peter's life. And even after the resurrection, the disciples had been told to return to Galilee where they were they were, they were going to see Jesus. But impatient Simon Peter got tired of waiting. So what's he do? He's like, I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> he goes back to what he had done before. Simon Peter, it says in John 21.3, Simon Peter, 
Interesting that John calls him Simon Peter. Said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, the other disciples, we'll go with you. They went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Caught nothing. It was, uh, this is a, a lesson for us too. It was follow the leader time. And Peter the impetuous, Peter the impatient, what did he do? He says, I'm going to go fishing. And they look, the other disciples look around and say, oh, I, yeah, okay, I guess we'll go too. Um, instead of waiting for Jesus. A lack of faith. You realize that a lack of faith in a failure to follow the Lord can, can also cause others to fail in their faith. To have a lack of faith themselves as they look at you and follow your lead. Uh, we live, you know, we live not only to ourselves, but our lives have influence. You may not think your life has influence, but our lives have influence, good or bad, in the lives of others. And so we ought to be aware of that. Uh, Peter needed to be aware of that. Of course, the Lord, Lord wants his children to influence others for their good, uh, toward Christ, toward obedience. And so that's also what we ought to be living up to, is what Peter needed to live up to, to look around and and realized that there were people looking at him and, and following his lead. And so off goes Simon Peter and the other disciples to go fishing. And uh, it's so, such a sweet encounter when you read it and you realize that Jesus uh, was patient with them, patient with Peter, patient with them all. Jesus met them on the shore the following morning, and Jesus had prepared breakfast for them. And we see it in this wonderful interaction with Jesus it's, a, it's really a restoration of Peter. Uh, we see it in the interaction there. Remember, Peter had sinned by denying Jesus three times on the night Jesus was betrayed. And so when we get to John 21, if you want to turn there, you can look at it with me. John 21, verses 15 through 17, that three times Jesus addresses Peter as he doesn't call him Simon Peter. He doesn't call him Peter. Three times Jesus addresses Peter as Simon and asks, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times. And three times Peter affirms his love for him. But look at the text of John 21 and verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he He said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus is so patient with Simon. He calls him Simon three times. Kind of a gentle reminder. You you need to live up to your name. Live up to your new name. That was the last time Jesus ever had to call him Simon. A few weeks later, a few weeks after that, at Pentecost, it's pretty interesting when you realize just a few weeks later at Pentecost, Peter and the rest of the apostles were, were filled with the Holy Spirit, and it was Peter who preached that day. It was Peter who preached. 
You ever see yourself in Simon? You ever see yourself as Simon? Not quite Peter yet. Simon Peter. Still not quite Peter. Still behaving like Simon. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I, I see that in myself and think, oh, I grieve the Lord and I'm so grateful for God's patience, for His grace. Uh, that's, you realize that's most Christians. I want you to realize that's most Christians who look at themselves. And I think the more we uh, get to know the Lord and the closer we come to the Lord and the, the deeper we grow in our relationship with the Lord, the more we realize how, how far off the mark we are and we, how far off we are from being what we want to live up to. But it's good to realize that. It's necessary to realize that. That's most Christians. We're both worldly and we're spiritual. We fall to the temptations of the old fleshly nature far more than we want to. And um, God is patient. I'm thankful for that. At other times, we're walking by the power of the Spirit, and we're in, living in victory, and we're rejoicing. And uh, we think, boy, I could, I could go on like this forever. And then, and then there's that day when you realize, oh, I, I failed again. I failed the Lord again. I've sinned against Him again. Remember, uh, be encouraged by Simon Peter's example, his life, his new name in Christ, that Jesus was gracious to give him that, that name that meant rock, something to live up to, something he would become. Um, remember, there's hope for us. There's hope for you, just like there was hope for Peter. As you, as you and I lean on the word, there's hope for us to, to live up to our new name, our new role, our new position in Christ as we learn to walk by faith and learn to keep a short account with the Lord and confess our sins quickly and get back in fellowship with the Lord when we've sinned against Him and failed Him. I'm so thankful for accounts like this that make us go a little bit deeper in these truths and to think about them carefully. And I, I trust you're encouraged by that truth about Simon Peter's life and God's grace toward him. That's God's grace toward you and His toward me. I praise the Lord for you.